You're listening to Twin Day, a show all about empowering Black and brown entrepreneurs to thrive. This podcast is powered by Bank of America. Twin Day, meaning Let's Go in Kiswahili, is a Tennessee accelerator program that's leveling the playing field for Black and Latina founders. I'm Brittany Cole, Chief Equity and Inclusion Officer at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center and your host of the Twin Day podcast. You can expect to hear stories of entrepreneurs thriving in their businesses, insights from organizations that support founders of color, and get access to resources to help you grow and scale your business. For more content like this, visit TwinDayPodcast.com and follow anywhere you get your podcasts. Let's dive in. We are back with another episode of the Twin Day Podcast, and we have in the studio today the dynamic duo that have founded, you already hear them in the background, <laughs> Pivot Technology School. Welcome to Joshua Mundy and Quan Clark. Great to have y'all here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. We are so excited to be here. This is uh, such an amazing program that you all have going on at the EC. And, uh, you know, anything for Brittany Cole. You know what I'm saying? Stop. That's a, that's, Stop. that's a saying. <laughs> anything for Brittany Cole. Listen, that's... well, one thing we discover here at the table is that we are all three Nashville natives, which is quite that's interesting. Rare. Very, very rare. rare. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to be among friends and family. So let's just start there. Like, thinking about your family, your background, kind of how you got to where you are now. Tell us a little bit about your backstory like is this what you wanted to be when you grew up man you know like uh so i sit back and think my granddad was a entrepreneur in south nashville so i've really connected a lot of my path to watching him when i was young watching you know watching how he moved and created uh so early early on i found out my passion is around creation you know visions and creating something out of nothing you know and and being able to Tap into that. It's always been uh, kind of a superpower of mine, you know, building something that don't exist. Uh, so, you know, really, uh, I I was in the music industry for a while. I, you know, I was entrepreneur, uh, got into tech because obviously tech is a very lucrative career and it's something that I was good at, right? But early on, I found out the corporate world is not for me. You know, I don't. I didn't find it very authentic. Uh, especially with me being who I am, it's it's a white dominated place, and I'm a black man from East Nashville, <laughs> the old East Nashville. Yeah. You know, uh, graduated Maplewood High School, hood geek, very smart. But I'm you know I'm, I'm urban. I'm myself. You know, um, and I like to be be that. So you know, I got into back into the entrepreneurship with Josh and. Pivot, you know, we got on this pivot journey three and a half. It's almost been four years, bro. Three and a half years ago, 2019, and it's been a roller coaster. It's been like, man, I couldn't even imagine like some of the things we've been able to do in such a short period of time, just by passion and and we and we built pivot off of passion and yeah. selling the vision with not a lot of money and not a lot of support, but we built it. We We've been determined because really, man, it's, it's so much happening in Nashville and black people are not benefiting from it. A lot of the change. And we really want to make sure that we change that. And I think Pivot is a big foundational block for that. So Yeah, ab absolutely. And so one of the things I love about both of your stories, when you dig into who you are, like y'all didn't just wake up and start Pivot Technology School, even though right. it can maybe sometimes feel that way. So Josh, talk to us a little bit about your backstory, your journey and like how you got 
to pivot because you're 20 plus years yeah, into entrepreneurship. Yes, I'm 20 plus years in the game. So it's like a lot of times people see me now, but they don't know all of the groundwork I've put in over these years and all the seeds and all the relationships. So it's easy to transition in different things. I always say like, I mean, I said it last night, like, you know, I don't never have experience in anything I do. It's just I build things, I create. And that's why me and Quan kind of hit it off because we're both creators. We like to take nothing and make something. And so my backstory is, is that I grew up in Nashville. I would say I've been an entrepreneur all my life from the sixth grade on to now and really just knew really what the spark was. The spark was is that I didn't know it was supply and demand. I didn't know what I was doing, but when I experienced me going to Sam's Club and buying candy at $6 and being able to sell each individual piece for a dollar, that changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you that, were the kid with your own, with your own store at your locker. No, like, that was you. <laughs> literally, I got in trouble at school. They told my uh, mom, like, yo, your son is up here selling candy. And I would sell sugar. So I used to sell like the Kool-Aid. You know, I used to have the Kool-Aid and the packets that already had the sugar mix. Josh was hustling now. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh back goodness. in elementary literally, school. Oh my literally, we used to like pull them up in little bags and all the kids would buy them. I used to be making like a lot of money as uh, in the sixth grade. And that really just showed me supply and demand. And it just, but I didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I just knew that I had to experience that all the time. And that I needed to own my own. So, like, me and my mother used to go to this laundromat in the neighborhood. And I used to see this, the owner of the laundromat carry out all these big bags of quarters. And I'm like, Mom, I got to own me one of these. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's just always yeah. being the exposure of what you see at a young age mm -hmm. really just shapes what you are as an adult. So pretty much I saw all those things. And then, you know, I worked only like two jobs my whole entire life, not from high school, but as an adult. So I worked at a place called Sprint and I worked at Park Center. And that was my only two W-2 jobs I've <laughs> ever had as an adult. I've, <laughs> so I've always been able to like figure out my way in entrepreneurship. And I've rolled a many roller coasters. I've lost it all several times over and over and over again, but it's just something about this game that has me hooked. Yeah. So how did y'all meet? Man, um, it was crazy. So like, we have a lot of mutual friends and we, we've we seen each other. We've been around in a, you know similar circles and then him, him and my, uh, some really close people of mine, you know, went to high school together. And when I jumped, so in 2019, like I, 2018, it was the last time I had like a full-time W-2 job, 2019. I actually, what I did was, I was making good money, but I was miserable every day at work. And I didn't really know what it was. I'm like, yo, I don't know. It was a drain for me to do it. And I just wasn't myself. I was wearing long sleeve shirts, trying to hide. It was just so much. I'm like, I, I can't do it. So I actually, you know, I wrote out a plan and I went and I said, I'm going to tell my job. Y'all can hire me, but in two weeks I'm leaving. And, you know, I knew I had leverage too. So, you know, I, I did that, started my own business. And then for the whole year, I just said, I'm going to meet everybody I need to meet. And then, so like, I didn't make no money in my business. I started, but I made a lot of relationships. And then Josh was one of those relationships because I was being mm -hmm. intentional. Like I need to meet everybody that's moving and yeah. doing stuff, you yeah. know? So 
I met up with Josh and then just kind of pitched what I was doing. I had Hood Geek, I had sort of my clothing brand, and I had my, uh, I had a, like a, a tech consulting business called Folk Up One Two. Mm-hmm. And then me and Josh started talking. And at the time, I was like, I got to get more, I got to start teaching people how to make this money because. I was tired of, I got friends, they making 30, 40,000. I'm like, y'all really should be making yeah. 80, 90. It's not hard. You know, you can make, you can do it. So I'm like, I got to teach people, you know, this is a lane, it's an avenue. So I met up with Josh in a, at the lab. We went to Germantown Pub, I remember, and we talked. And probably a week later, damn near, we like we was in business. We've been in wow. business yeah. instantaneously. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like... When the synergy is yeah, real yeah, and it yeah. works, you don't have to force it. No. It flows, man. And it's just it's we've been like rocking hard since then. It's crazy. Yeah. That that is it's just really a God thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's really is like it's it's bigger than what we ever could expect. Mm-hmm. Uh but it was just like the timing of everything on how it was all orchestrated and just, you know, I'm very big on like finding the answers to certain things. So like certain life things that happen and you just have to find that, find like, what was that that orchestrated this, that prepared for that? Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's how I, I feel like our meeting was. It was like, he had that same thought. I was coming back from Austin, had that same thought of, man, I got to start this tech company and I got to start this school because I see this going on in Austin, but I don't have a tech background. I'm going to try to figure it out, connect it with Quan, who had the background, who had the passion that was. And that's why we've been because it's just the synergy has yeah. been amazing. And, and really how we do business like we we know what we do best. I know what Quan does best. Quan is like uber smart, very, you know, structured flow processes and systems. Josh is not that. (laughs) Okay. Josh is mouthpiece sales, go close deals. And Mm -hmm. that one, two combo has not lost yet. Complimentary. Yeah. Very complimentary. You don't. And the thing is, there's no egos. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when you have business partners, ego gets in the way of you building something great. Sure. And that's that's really some of the things that's one of the things that we kind of made an oath of like now nah, we ain't gonna we ain't ain't gonna fall out of no So y'all had that conversation up front. Yeah. So I wanna pause before we get to the business partnership because I, I definitely want y'all to dive into that. Okay. Cause it's unique and it also is a trend that is prevalent when you look at black and brown owned businesses that scale more often than not, they're they didn't start and stay alone. There's a co-founder business partner relationship that's happening. So, But before we get there and what will lead us into that, Quan, what I heard you say, Josh, what I heard you say, what I know of you is that you all were intentional about your relationship capital. And I think that's so important. And I want to make sure that the entrepreneurs that are listening in, because so often we talk about, you know, especially for black entrepreneurs, there's this lack of access to capital. And we always only think about it in terms of financial capital. And that's true, right? There's an opportunity there. It's less than 2% in terms of what, um, if you're going the VC route, black founders get funded um, through that path. But also, there's also this relationship capital piece where it's like it's important to manage your relationships, to be intentional about meeting people so that the people that you need to know, know you. So talk a little bit about how you manage that and then also how you manage that in connection with being business partners. Yeah, I mean, so Josh is a master networker. So one of the things I learned early on with Josh is that, you know, 
like a big part of his genius is his relationships and the way he builds relationships. And so we have a very complimentary skill set, but it's also a high respect factor there. So we when we got together, I respect what he does. He respects what I do. So when we when we sat down, now I've been in business, I've had business partners where I felt like it was a 90-10 split as far as what we were bringing to the table. And that makes it really complicated when you start talking about money and, when, you know, just mm-hmm. sweat equity and just what you bring to the table in general. But I think with our relationship, when it's right, when you really get a, comp, you know, a real, true, complimentary partner and you guys are both passionate as far as what you're going to bring into it, how driven you are every day, I think it just changes the dynamic. So, you know, we out the gates, we down, we split it down the middle. But, his, but like, I don't ever have to question if Josh working, I don't ever have to wonder if Josh is on it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we never had a situation where it's like, man, I feel like I'm pulling it and he don't never have to worry. I wake up every, we both wake up every day on the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we are just, yeah. we are just ridiculously consistent with who we are and it's authentic. So I think it just works when you have that. And I, that's why I think people, people force situations. I mean, do it in intimate relationships too. When it's not right, you can't make it become something that is not. But when you really allow things to attract and and you get in the right situations, you don't have to force it. It's an it's an attraction that, you know, that just works. Yeah. I think this is what we built. Yep. And and I, I just think a lot of entrepreneurs, they focus too much on the financial capital. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they really miss the part of really building relationships and building relationships without the ask first. They yes. come in too hot. Making deposits, okay. making deposits. Yes, man, you come in too hot. So the first time you meet me, you're already making an ask. You're already turning people off. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. it's really an art to really building relationships to actually find out who I am, my family, how I get down, what what type of food, I, you know, my hobbies and really understanding who I am. So then when it's time to do the deal, it's easy. But we make it hard because we already make an ask. Yeah. And then when they see you calling, they're like, nah, I'm cool. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I've always been the person that it was just wanting to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, now we'll get to the business later. Let's just get to know each other. Let's go have a drink. You yeah. know, let's get our families together. Let's hang out. And then really, so when they really find out what I do, they were like, oh, okay, every room that they're in, they're advocating for me. Yeah. yeah. Because they, re- they not because of, Pivot. No, that, I have a relationship with Josh and I want to see Josh win. So now I'm going to make the connection. And that's how I feel like I build relationships. And and then when our relationship, it's just been easy. It has not been hard. And again, as entrepreneurs, you have to manage the ego. Yeah, The ego is the death sure of is. most partnerships that you see. All across the board, it may be it may be like you know disagreements and things of that nature, but ego is the thing that really kills it. From okay, they wanted to interview you and they didn't want to mention me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It just be the simple Small little things, things yeah. that yep. no, bro. If if Quan, if you winning, you get the award. I'm winning. We connected at the hip. And here's the thing, though. Yeah, so, like, and a lot of times it's your circle, right? You got to manage the people around you. And you got to be confident in, in what you you know what you have going on because other people don't understand the relationships or the dynamics sometimes. So you also got to manage you know your your circle, your people around you because they're always watching and you know. And look, so here's the thing: Josh is really loud, right? <laughs> I'm loud, but I ain't as loud as Josh. I don't actually want to be as loud as Josh. You you follow me? So it's so there's there's situations where 
I'm Josh is doing an interview, right? Mm -hmm. And he's 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 that's his fifty percent. I'm over here building and creating a vision that we got, and we both are so at, at the same time we simultaneously doing our job. So we have two different jobs. So you know we co-founders, but mm -hmm. Josh is the CEO. He has a job, so we actually are employees at the same time. Sure. So our jobs is to still do our job. So I don't want to do Josh's job. That's not my job. My job over here is the CEO. I got to make sure this whole thing works. So we both have jobs, and we you know as founders, so I, we we're very cognizant of what our roles are. Now we both want to eventually fall back and have no job. We pivot. You know what I'm saying? We'll just be we'll just be founders, owners. But in the meantime, we both have the same vision is to get we have a good the same goal. So there's no there's no room for egos in that. That is super powerful. And I'm sitting here just listening and taking it all in. And certainly this dynamic of like you weren't really looking for a business partner. Right. So it was like you 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 met, there was alignment and you're like, okay, let's do this. And then at some point you likely had a conversation. So for the founder that might be listening in, that's like, okay, well, like, what does it sound like to actually get on the same page so that you know your roles and responsibilities, so that you're clear on this is your job and this is my job? Like, was that a conversation that you all had? Or was it more so just kind of like, this is clear that this is my superpower, this is his, and that's we operate in our lanes? I think it was like natural. I think I don't think we I don't know if we had like a just a dedicated conversation to our roles. I just think that we just fit like just fit into what we do well because I saw what he did well. So I'm like, well, Quan, man, look, I don't do that well. You know what I'm saying? You are good at that. That's your thing. I'm going to go sell and bring the meat to the table. All right. You and the other two, y'all can season it. Y'all can serve it. <laughs> but when it comes to all that, I can't do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I understand like my I am very aware of my weaknesses. I'm very aware. And a lot of times as founders, we're not aware of our weaknesses and try to do it all. Mm -hmm. And then we fail trying to do it all. We want to keep it all. But then we don't want to bring anybody on. So we want to be, we want to own 100% of nothing. Yep. We don't want to collaborate. We don't want to do all this. We just want to own the, I just need to have this. No, uh-uh. I'd rather split it 50-50. I'd, I'd rather chop my 50 down mm -hmm. to build a conglomerate instead of me owning everything, trying to control everything. And I know I can't do everything. Yeah. So with me, I had to realize that. So I had to realize, okay, Josh, you do this well. Operate in that. And go 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 find your weaknesses. And then Quan was just the perfect partner that, hey, we get along well. We brothers first. Mm -hmm. You know, so it ain't mm -hmm. beyond business, we brothers first. So we, you know, we friends, you know, we like real in real life. We talk yeah. 50 times a day. Right. So and it ain't about business. It's about business about 15 minutes. What you got going on? Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm gonna do this. Okay, man, we gotta do this, and then it's over. And then we talking about life. And wow. and it just and it just works. That's just now, what it is. And I will say this though. So it in our situation, it's like a it's like when you're building a team and you're getting the right pieces to fit. Sometimes you like I wasn't intensely trying to be a business partner with Josh. Like again, it was just a net, it was a but when it when it fits, it fits. So it kind we kind of naturally put it fell into our right positions. But I will also say you still gotta be about your business, though. So we did better the operational agreement before we started pivot. Oh, we yeah. did. We do have a roles and responsibility. Okay. Yeah. Now that we know what we supposed to be, let's put it in black and white. Sure. Because sure. we, we ain't got no money right now. But then you know what I'm saying. You don't want to get the business right when the money comes or when the business. <laughs> right, you right, want right. to be a little yeah. So we still 
build it in a in an intentional way to say, okay, it makes sense. This is how we're gonna do it off the rip. You know what I'm saying? So we still handled the business side before anything really popped off, but we didn't have to like we naturally fit into, into the roles that we got. Yeah. yeah. So you you mentioned the money. So give us the picture of like where Pivot Technology Schools started yep. and then how you're growing and scaling because what we observe, if you're listening and you're a local Nashvilleian, you're in the city, you're you have seen over the last couple of years an organization that's just like, okay, this pop this popped up during the pandemic. <laughs> Very loud, as you said, Kwan, very loud, very loud, okay? And now this isn't just Nashville. Like, this is Afrotech. This is global. This is Alabama. This is Atlanta. This is So you all are looking at, tell us a little bit about your vision and kind of what that journey has been like to date. So I would say, so when we popped up, right, People saw us and they were like, oh, bless your heart. They, <laughs> they just don't look, they just trying to do a little tech company, you know. So everybody was really waiting for us to fall. I, honestly, they was waiting for us to fail. They didn't think that we could survive to this point. And so, you know, we really, you know, just coming out of the gate, when we, when we put Pivot together, again, we had nothing. All right. We had a vision and we had passion. All right. Vision and passion is worth more than having a million. You see so many founders start with millions of dollars and you look next year, they're not in business anymore. So we had to we had to utilize what we had. Vision and passion. This is what we want to do. And that's what carried us. So when we started, we said again, we work backwards. We say, hey, we about to start this school. We had a T-shirt, <laughs> a logo. We got uh, a photographer to video us in front of the uh, Bicentennial Mall. And Quan created a, a landing page on Wix. Man. And we said, listen, we're going to start this technology school. I can see, Sign the, up today. I can see, the, I can see the Nashville Business Journal headline in my head. Like, <laughs> wow, they are doing it. They're starting a technology school. I love so, it. I but, love it. But let me tell you something real quick about the, the universe and really putting it out what you want to, like, Within weeks, everything started to come. Like we had some guys pull up at the lab that taught classes and was like, "Hey, you know, I'm a I'm a software engineer. I currently teach people how to, you know, I teach people how to code. We're looking for somewhere to teach. Is it cool if we teach here?" And we was like, "Hey, we started a tech school. Let's talk." Need teachers. <laughs> so like, wow. so people people always say, "Hey, man, if you want to build something, don't tell people about your dreams. Keep it to yourself." We work, I work in, because can't nobody help you if nobody knows. I'm not worried about the doubters. I'm not, so we have so much confidence and we're not, we don't have no fear of failure. So I feel like if there's a fear of failure and if you have the potential to have your dreams crushed by doubters, then maybe don't do that. But the doubters can't kill our vision because, you know, we just don't really care. You know what I'm saying? Like, I already know you probably don't believe it's going to happen anyway. It just doesn't matter. We're going to do it anyway. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then like, failing, it's not a real word in it. You know, failure is not real. You know, every single thing. Like we talk about pivot happened in three years, but I use lessons from 15 years ago. Like I've been learning and I've been learning to supply and demand and marketing and operations and systems and selling and all of that stuff. You know, I've been learning that for 15 years. So it's not, you never really, it's never really where you are right now. It's always everything. It's an accumulation. It's incremental. So, you know, people don't necessarily understand all the work that goes into it. And man, this man had a clean, here's the thing, Josh's relationships, 
like that and that that es escalated a lot of what we're mm -hmm. doing. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? My understanding of how to put it all together. We got this vision. How do we create this from nothing? You know, all these different pieces just like laid the puzzle out. And then we got Ike Isaac on board, Dr. Adai, he's a, a genius. genius. Ike, yeah. listen, yeah. we started bringing yeah. the right pieces in place, man. We built the, we built the warriors, you so, know what I'm saying? So here's the thing. So, and, and as founders, okay? Mm -hmm. So as founders, and when you're getting started, you don't have a lot of money, but you still need teammates. You still need to figure out, okay, how can I articulate my vision so well that people will want to work for us for free. And that's what we did. Mm -hmm. So we articulated, our, we were out here telling people what we were going to do, despite the doubters, despite everything. And what we were able to do was, we were literally trying to give away the company at the beginning of the company, literally, okay? Because we didn't know what we didn't know. And we were trying to pay in equity. Like, yo, you can just help us build. Here you go. It's 10% of the company. It's 15% of the company. And every time we did that, God was like, nope, that ain't it. So the relationship was, nope, that ain't it. They are just, it, it, no, it's just like certain like team members, they were just falling off. Like, mm -hmm. nope, that ain't it. He said, now I'm going to send you all what you need, the counterbalance of what you need to make it all, <laughs> to make it all work, to make it, to make it flow like it needs to flow. Mm -hmm. So like when we mm -hmm. was putting out, we put out like a um, request. What was that like? COO. We was hiring oh, like yeah, yeah. I think it was like COO, CIO. Something. We were just all these like we were just, just putting something. it out there. We didn't have no money to pay nobody, literally. So I put it out there on LinkedIn. I was like, hey, we're looking for a chief operator. I don't know what we was looking for at the time. Like I don't know. It was like a well, mission. Well, Isaac is your business development. Yeah, so no, business, it, wasn't, so I, it, wasn't, it like, wasn't his world. So it was, we was, no, we was putting out for business development mm -hmm. and it was another role we was putting out for. So Yasanta, that's currently on the team, reached out to me and was like, hey, I just want to talk to you. I see what you have going on because I'm very loud. The thing about it is, mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. I'm going to push my line every single day on where the audience is on LinkedIn. So they're going to know. They're going to be like, oh, this joke is on LinkedIn every day saying something. But that's yeah. what draws yeah. people to you. So Yasanta reached out to me and was like, hey, I want to just talk to you. We sold Yasanta the vision. Yasanta worked for free for a year. She had a job. She wow. worked for free for a wow. year at Pivot because we was able to articulate the vision. So a lot of times you all in entrepreneurship, you're doing something well, but you don't know how to articulate the vision to bring the right resources around to help you execute your vision. Mm -hmm. So that's why you got to open up your mouth. That's yeah. why you got to say, yeah. hey, what you need, what, how you need it. And be honest, hey, I don't have the means to pay you. And but then, I promise we're going to get there. <laughs> in the end, like, people, like, real leadership is being able to, like, rally up the troop. Like, oh, rally course, people up. Course. Like, yeah. get people to believe in the vision. Like, yeah. they got to, it's one thing that they hear you, but do they believe you can do it? Yeah. They got to believe you can do it. So I think we was able to convince. We was getting instructors that come on board that they're almost nothing, you know, because they believe. Man, I believe what y'all doing. I believe what you're doing. Like, yeah. that's yeah. all we heard. I believe what you're doing. So we would just go meet up with people. Like, hey, man, let me tell you what we're doing. We finna start a tech school. This sounds kind of crazy, but people believed that we was going to pull it off when we had these conversations. And the, the students believed in us. We had we started having uh, registrations coming in. We had like 200-something registrations first weekend. Like, oh, okay, I want to sign up. 
We was like, yo, bro, people signing up. Can you <laughs> yeah. believe that? Who's going to teach these classes? <laughs> we had no curriculum. Oh, shit. We had no curriculum, bro. What we going to do? Oh, and, my god! And, and then the month, it started cranking in. It was like yeah. January got that fast. Like, we were no. like, oh, bro, it's January. Class is starting. Semest- the, the semester started. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's starting, bro. Like, what we going to do? Right. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about if, if, we, if we have listeners listening in that are like, hey, I'm, you know, what is Pivot Tech? What is yep. Pivot Tech? And give us like a high level. What do these last three years look like from start? So we heard where you started. Where are you now? Yeah, so Pivot Technology School is a tech workforce development company. We work with some of the biggest organizations in the world to upskill their workforce as well as create the social impact component to say, hey, how can you do good in your community? So how can we create scholarships for individuals in the community that can come in through a specialized program that will have an opportunity for a job? We started off being just a B2C company. We focus in on data analytics, software development, and cybersecurity. So we do it in a boot camp style where we take you from zero to code in 20 weeks. So we started doing B2C. Our program is a cost. So it costs 10500 to go through the program. But if you look at it, most people in our community can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And also, we didn't want to want to create an additional burden on individuals and people. So how could we, again, slight pivot on what we are doing, still make the impact, but figure out how to transfer the cost. So we have a relationship with the state of Tennessee currently that anybody on SNAP benefits can come through our program free of charge. So, you know, that social impact component is really, we built our business on wanting to change the face of tech Mm -hmm. and really get more minorities trained and engaged in tech careers. So that's pretty much the premise of, high level premise of some of the things that we're doing. And that's yeah. brilliant because most um, organizations in terms of just the ESG component for, for corporations, and if you're uh, listening in, it's environmental, social, and corporate governance, they're prioritizing there. And so when you as an entrepreneur in this space of not only looking at workforce development, but also looking at how the organization is doing more in the social impact space, you can provide solutions in both those lanes, yeah. you can blow up It's a game changer. Fast. So, yes. so we, we partnered with a company called Shipped in Birmingham mm-hmm. last year. So they kicked off a cohort where they paid for 15 uh, employees to upskill and software development. Uh, Golang is the language. And then they paid for 15 community scholarships also. They wow. hired, I think we had 26 that graduated. They hired all 26 as engineers. And we just now graduated our second cohort with SHIP this year. So they could be, it's becoming one, a part of their recruitment process. It's now like, hey, we're going to spin up another pivot cohort, train some internal employees externally. And then now we're going to have a whole new flock of engineers. So it's almost like we're talking to companies and you can add this as an additional recruitment strategy. Mm-hmm. And you look at the cost, I mean, it's, it's, it's very expensive to go out here and to recruit. And then I hope you got to get talent and then retain the talent. But if you already have people on your workforce now that work for you and then you invest in them, you're going to get a lot of return on that. So. Sure. That's a one of that's our one of our biggest like business models now. We partnered with Amazon last year. We partner with right. We actually have a cohort with Core Civic where we're training inmates in Georgia yeah. Yeah. on data analytics. Powerful, powerful. Like, so we have fifteen inmates that are gonna graduate. They're gonna be getting out soon. They're gonna know data analytics, and then we're working with Indeed to get them jobs when they get out. So, I mean, it's it's so, and here's the thing, like, when we were down there in Georgia at Jenkins facility, man, there's some very, very talented people in there, you know, that Super need a talented. second chance. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's so many different lanes of people that have been ignored, 
marginalized people and we want to like tap into those demographics because people talk about social equity man nobody doing nothing about it yeah it's just yeah. it's like the buzzwords get flown around of they course. hire a few they hire a dei person and then they say nah what, <laughs> what your numbers look like yeah y'all trying to push me up there <laughs> so, so talk to us about the what's the vision then like where yeah. do you see Pivot Technology School going? Uh, so pretty much we envision to be a global tech workforce leader. Our goal is to build a $100 million company in the next five years. I'm going to say it say, over you, and over again. again Our goal is to back. build a $100 million company in the next five years. And I believe that we can get 100 companies to spend a million dollars with us or more. Our goal is really... And not only to really build a $100 million company, but the impact that we're going to make because we spun up our MSP, which is Pivot Tech Solutions. So a lot of times, organizations and companies, they say, hey, we can't find minorities in tech. Mm -hmm. And then when we bring them to the table, well, they don't have the experience. Mm -hmm. Oh, we need mid-level and senior level people. Oh, like all these excuses start mm -hmm. coming up. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're a solution-oriented type of company. So, okay, how can we create our own talent pipeline and start doing government work, start doing corporate work. So what we did was we spun up Pivot Tech Solutions. So now we're going to go out here and start bidding on work. So from a government standpoint, they may have a $20 million software development track or a $20 million software development RFP. Mm -hmm. We can go out and bid for that. And then we can develop our own talent. So now we're taking the the SNAP benefit folks and training them on in 20 weeks to go out here and work on this RFP for us uh, that's worth $20 million. So how can we start hiring our own people? So mm -hmm. if you don't want to hire them, we're going to build the biggest tech company in the world. So you're thinking about the Dave Studer, the Worldwide Technologies and the Deloitte's. Yeah. You know, Pivot yeah. Tech Solutions is going to be that because we have what they don't have. We're going to have people mm -hmm. that they don't want to give a chance. And now we're going to be building them up from, from junior to mid-level to senior. And they're going to be working for Pivot Tech Solutions. So now we're building our school will just be based on our workforce development needs and we're creating jobs and we're taking people from zero to $65,000 a year to $70,000 a year. Then they can leverage us and then go to Amazon and get $150,000 a year. And then we create our own kind of cycle of getting people that look like us to the bag. We can't talk about generational wealth and we ain't getting no money. So we got to get, <laughs> so, listen, listen. so we got to get our people to the level of, Hey, you know, we're going to give you a skill set mm -hmm. and you got to put in the work. But if we give you this skill set, it can change your life. Incredible. And I know yeah. if you're listening, you're like, how can we learn more? Yeah. But before you tell us how we can find you, last question, because we've been talking about this theme of relationships and the importance of it and how you all have built your partnership, the team, how you're growing this global company. Who mentors you? What is what is that part of the relationship? <sighs> dynamic look like how, how who who do you think of and you don't have to necessarily name names but like what's your source of like wisdom and how do you go about cultivating that relationship of people that are farther than you but that can speak into you and help to guide where you're going now for one I think that's probably the most important thing is to always make sure that you are leveling up who you know and for me I'm, I'm very intentional from 
um, uh, from a mindset standpoint, because I think so many we have so many fears and blockers before we get. So we have so many like created blocks before we get to the like the true blockers. So I think keeping your mindset clear, keeping your 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 vision open, and keeping that point of attraction high is something that I spend a lot of time doing. And then I also think just just reading uh, podcasts, man, just just searching information, meeting, talking to people like you, man. We we reach out like we 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 try to Dave Stewart is somebody we we try to really connect with. Anybody that's doing what we've done and we watch what they've done, if we don't have a, a true relationship with them, then it's just kind of paying attention to how they're moving, paying attention to the the wins and the losses. And that's why I think it's so important to be a, a transparent entrepreneur and not mm-hmm. just talk about the the wins because then you got all these people out here thinking that when they take a L that they're the only ones taking these losses and it's yeah. a part of everybody's journey. And sometimes we've had to sit back and think like, man, it's been a, a crazy roller coaster ride. But then we just like this is really what it looks like. So many people think success is a straight line, yeah. and it's gonna it, nah. This is a you gonna go here, and then we're gonna take a loss. It's gonna look good. We're gonna get excited. Then we're gonna have a quarter where it's like, yo, this ain't working. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what are we yeah. doing? You know what I'm saying? And then, but having a, a solid team, having really sharp people around you, kind of helps push that forward. Uh, so I think for me. I have mentors, direct mentors, but I also have people that I just watch closely and I have an intentional routine around seeking information. I love that. Yeah, so I have like indirect mentors and they don't know that they're my mentor, but <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I have people that I watch that mentor me, but I've actually always have reached out to people to try to get, it's been hard for me to find a mentor. Really? I don't know why people don't want to mentor me. Like, like, have you like, like directly OGs. asked? Yes, like, OGs, okay. like OGs at... I guess well, here's the thing about mentorship. You know, I'm a big personality, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of people try to put a cap on me. I'm going to be me. I can't I can't be the the robot. I cannot be, you know, they always ask like, man, who's this dude's mentor? Yeah. Right, like <laughs> t- turn him down. Turn, turn, him, down. turn him down. Why, why is he acting like this? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody smooth out his edges, <laughs> oh, please. Man. They want to they want to smooth out my edges. They like, man, why is he DJing at EMC? Isn't he the CEO of Pivot Tech? Like, what are we doing? But I just gotta oh, be me. That's what keeps me happy. That's what that's what I feed into myself. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. if if you can, if you can meet me where I am, you can mentor me. But if you're trying to change who I am, I just can't do that because I've seen people that have tried to craft themselves around people's expectations, yeah. and it's just not a healthy thing. Right. Let's just say that it's just not a healthy thing. No, because you see a lot of people that can't meet those expectations, and they're. Yeah. killing yeah. themselves yeah. or they yeah. doing all these different things. So it's like, I just have to be uniquely me. Yeah. And if, you know, anybody, you know, want to mentor me, the John Yarbrough's of the world or the, you know, the the Ingrams of the world or the Frist of the world, you know what I'm saying? Or the Dave Stewart's, you know, like, yo, yeah. I'm willing to listen. You know, you know little, what I'm little saying? CTA just throwing it out there. Yeah, you know? just, just <laughs> all the people that, that, that y'all interview that, that comes in the studio, you know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I agree. M- mentorship is all around us. And so it's it not is. one person. It's, it's, a, it's a community of many. So where, how can we say connected with each of you and then how can we connect and learn more about Pivot Technology School? Yeah, so you can you can catch me on LinkedIn, Quan Clark, uh, Instagram, your coach Q, the mindset coach. My email, Q Clark at pivottechschool.com. 
Uh, you know, just reach out to me. I'm always available. I love, I love interactions, communications, building my network out. So I'm never hard to reach. Always open to communicate and collab. So, uh, and I'm Joshua Mundy. That's M U N D Y. Uh, I am Mr. Mundy on Instagram, LinkedIn, Joshua Mundy. You can find out more information about Pivot at pivottechschool.com, and then you can follow us on all of the. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, everything, Pivot Technology School. And if you don't directly need our services, then tell them, you know, I think word of mouth is very big. And if you, you know, if you're listening and what we're talking about is is near and dear to you or someone around you could benefit from it, definitely spread the word because I think, you know, that's a very powerful uh, form of, you know, marketing is just word of mouth, you know, yeah, and, you sure. know, get the word out. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll do it here. We'll get the word out and we're excited to have you all plugging into our twin day accelerator. So EIR podcast, sharing wisdom on mindset. So thank you all so much for hanging out with us today on the Thanks episode. Thanks for having us. I appreciate right. you. Thanks for listening to the twin day podcast. Follow now at twindaypodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts to learn more about the twin day accelerator program, please visit twindayaccelerator.co. I'm Brittany Cole. Until next time, keep thriving.